Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today. This is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Friday, January 31st, 2020. That night is going to be as good as it gets where worship is concerned. Anointing, passion, excellence, and a whole host of believers in Christ. We are, of course, talking about IBC Live, which is just a few short weeks away. Tickets are currently on sale, but are almost gone. So if you're planning on attending IBC Live, stop whatever you are doing and visit indianabiblecollege.org forward slash IBC Live. Make that purchase. If you cannot join us in Indianapolis, well, it's still possible for you to worship with us online. The live stream for that night will begin at 7.15 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time, 7.15, and then the worship will begin at 7.30. You can watch those live streams a couple of places. Number one, our Facebook page, IBC's Facebook page, or you can just visit the website mentioned above and we will have it streamed live right there on our website as well. That's indianabiblecollege.org forward slash IBC live. We hope to see you there, but more than that, we hope that you will join us in prayer for this apostolic album. We pray that this album will be used of God to reach into places, lives, and homes that we could otherwise not go. Help us pray that the Spirit of God would move in with each song. Whether it's happening live on the 31st in the room at Calvary Tabernacle or at someone's living room at their home during playback of a YouTube video or on Spotify or Apple Music, we want God to be at the very front of this album. Thank you for praying to that end with us. Also, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Indiana Bible College podcast. You may have seen that this episode is entitled Prisoner of the Promise. And it was preached by our Director of Digital Marketing, Reverend Kevin Brzezinski. I attended this chapel service. And the response from our student body to this message was phenomenal. I say that to let you know that I truly think that you are going to enjoy this heartfelt message on today's episode, Prisoners of the Promise. It's not where I was going. Not at all where I was going. We better get to some scripture. Hallelujah. Acts 20. You know, I do think this. I, I like to have fun. Hallelujah. But I really do believe that uh, except that the Lord do something and the Lord move, uh, we're coming to classes and we're learning and we're here in chapel, but except the Lord do something that impacts eternity, it just it doesn't matter very much. And if I have one prayer today, it's just that the Lord would do something, that the Lord would do something. So, Looking at this scripture in Acts 20, it, Paul is he's done with another missionary journey. He's done with another successful missionary journey. And if I'm like many of you, maybe you seniors, 
I'm thinking, man, you're so talented. You're, you're anointed. What is next? What is next for your ministry? And Paul is, for some reason, convinced and compelled and bound to go to Jerusalem. And he says he doesn't know what's going to happen there, save, this is in uh, verse 23 of chapter 20 in Acts, save the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now, this is confusing to me. It's a confusing a portion of scripture to me when I read it. You can go to uh, the, next, the next chapter in Acts 21, and uh, you see uh, good people. This is kind of confusing to me. Finding disciples, this is in uh, chapter 21, verse 4, and finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And then we skip over later in the chapter and there's another person who picks up Paul's girdle and binds his own hands and feet and says, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, this is confusing to me because you have on the one side good Holy Ghost-filled people prophesying, saying, Don't, don't go to Jerusalem. And on the other side, you, feel, you have Paul who feels compelled, I must go to Jerusalem. It's kind of confusing on first read. Uh, and it, it's confusing to know what is happening. Uh, but I want to I talk to you a little bit about that. I want to title my remarks today, Prisoners of the Promise. Prisoners of the Promise. And I... Uh, you know, Katie, I look in the mirror and I see a few gray hairs. I have a baby face, but I have gray hair. It's a terrible life. Um, but I remember what it was like to have the freedom of being 18 years old and being away from my parents for the first time. Uh, that was a pretty crazy thing. Brother Galleon, you deal with that all the time. People tasting freedom for the first time, being away from their parents. And I've seen in my day a few things. Now, look, I, I know you guys are all called to great things. I believe that you guys are called to great things. I believe that you guys are going to be used greatly of God. I believe that there are, are great anointings in this room. I believe that God has amazing callings in this room and amazing things for your future. I believe that 100%. However, uh, Brother J.D., I was also a dorm dad at one time. I lived in the dorms, and then in 2016, I was a dorm dad. And they, the students would not do anything like this to you because they love and respect you, Brother J.D. But here's what I saw <laughs> when I was in the dorms. There was one gentleman who got a tangerine thrown at his face from a third floor window, <laughs> and he had a black eye. Uh, one, one evening, I heard a bowling ball drop from a, from a window, and this is my favorite one. Uh, one time, I heard people playing basketball above 
the floor above my room. So I go to find out what's going on, and there is a gentleman playing basketball in a gorilla suit. <laughs> and I, I just opened the door, and I looked at him. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I just closed the door. <laughs> Went back to what I was doing. But this is, my, this is my point. I know you're called. I know that every one of you are called. But there's this pesky problem in between the calling and the choosing, and that's freedom. And it's the freedom that you have to choose what you're going to do with your life. And you can go through Bible college, and you can put on the gorilla suit, or you can give away your freedom to do something that matters. So uh, I, I remember where I was. I was sitting across the table from a woman. Uh, I'm not going to share many details, but I was sitting across from her, care about her a lot, and she said, I just felt so free when I left the UPC. And she began to tell me how free she felt as soon as she left the UPC and left what she perceived as bondage. And we know what she's talking about. I don't need to explain that to you. She's talking about lifestyle standards and holiness standards. And she says, I just felt so free when I left. And, and I've just thought about that ever since she said that to me and what that means and what she was saying. And, and I, I didn't know how to process it. And freedom, we, we love freedom. I want to be free. You want to be free. We live in America. We want to be free. But when it comes to your calling, what does it mean to be free? What are you free from? That's the question that I'm asking you today. What are you free from? Brother JD, where are you at? Some things I don't want to be free from. I mean, I could feel very liberated if I don't take out the trash at my house. Brother Culp, I, it just was so liberating when I stopped going to the gym and eating fruits and vegetables. It was so liberating when I stopped combing my hair before classes. It, was, it felt so liberating to stop brushing my teeth in the morning. Oh, it was so liberating. I just felt so free. And it just, oh, it felt so free as if freedom is an end in itself, but it's not. I mean, you can, you can live life in a gorilla suit. It feels free, but freedom means nothing without an object. Tell me what you're free from. So when you left the UPC, are you more free to a deeper, consecrated prayer life? Are you more free to holiness? Are, has your evangelism just skyrocketed? What are you free from? I know you feel free, but what are you... Now, let me ask you this. What are you free to do? I understand you're free from certain rules, but what are you free to do? Freedom means nothing except we say what we're free from and what we're free to. So Paul here is walking away from his freedom. He's walking away from a successful ministry because he's bound in the Spirit. He's bound in the Spirit. Brother Jackson, in the interview that Brother Henderson 
interviewed him said, the problem with the church today is that we have too much freedom. The problem is not that we have too much bondage. The problem is that we have too much freedom. Do you know how much bondage it takes to find a life of anointing? Do you know how much bondage it takes to stay in the center of the will of God? Well, I just want freedom. I just want to express my heart. I just want to do what I will do. You know, that's a satanic principle. Do what thou will. That's a principle of Satan. We've got it mixed up. You know, we, we as Christians, we can look at the LGBT stuff happening, and we can look at people wanting to be free from the gender they were born in, and we can say, well, that's just crazy because it's a freedom from the reality of creation and nature. Like, we can look at that and say, well, that's nuts, and we can look at other maybe denominations in Christianity and say, wow, how can you not take the revelation of the Bible and you just throw parts of it away as if you want to be free from it? That's crazy. But here's what I say to the Pentecostals. We have a greater revelation than just the letter of this word and just the revelation of nature. We have the Spirit of God resident in our hearts. And how much more should we not transgress the revelation that we have, we are held to a much higher standard. Here's what it looks like. Picture with me, if you will, a Mustang, a horse out there on, out west somewhere on the prairie. He's wild. He's free. He eats when he wants. He goes where he wants. He's free. He's a wild Mustang. But that wild Mustang, as long as he's free is never going to be used in a higher purpose. And if you want that Mustang, that horse, to support a rider, maybe go into war as a battle horse, do something greater than himself. That horse has to be submitted to somebody who's going to come along and break the horse. And somebody's going to come along and he's going to saddle break a horse. I don't know much about that. <laughs> but I understand you've got to break the horse's will. And you've got to get them used to the saddle. And you've got to begin to ride them. And then you put a bit and a bridle on the horse so that you can nudge them left and nudge them right and kind of get them to where they need to go. And I think that sometimes us Pentecostals, that's where we stop. We say, okay, God, I gave you my life. Okay, God, if you need something... Brother Galleon's going to come along and jerk my reins and tell me what I did wrong. Or, or, okay, if the pastor preaches it, then I'll consider doing it. Like, like you're like a, a broken horse, but you've still got a lot of self-will in there, and it takes a lot of pain to get your attention. And I don't think God wants us to live in that state where we just stay so dull to the will of the master that we need pain to awaken what, our conscience to his spirit. I don't want to live in a place where I always do the minimum when Brother Galleon points his finger in my face in the pulpit. I need to start living in such a way that the yoke and the bridle become loose on my neck. So if you want a yokeless Christianity, I don't see it in the Bible. Jesus promises a yoke 
upon us. You want freedom, you want to be free, that's not Christianity. That's something else. Now that yoke should be easy, and that yoke should be light. But here's how that happens. You begin to learn the will of your master. Here's what the Bible says. Let me turn to Psalm 32. This is in verse 8 and 9. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. God does not want us to be ministers that don't have a clue about what the Spirit is doing. There's no ministry outside of the Spirit. We are immature Christians if all we are doing is living to the minimum of the general revelation of the letter. We have a Pentecostal experience to be bound by that. God shouldn't have to bring tragedy into your life to get you to wake up. God wants you to get something a little bit deeper. God wants you to be paying attention to his eye. Where do you want me to go? You know, I've heard stories of horse and rider where they've gotten so united together. They've gotten so used to each other that all that the, the rider needs to do is just a little pressure with his knees or a little pat or, or just a look with the eye and the horse already anticipates what the master wants to do. That's the kind of imprisonment I think that we need with the spirit. That's the kind of immediate obedience I think that we need to have with the Holy Ghost. I don't see any other way that we're going to make it. Now, look, Brother Waldron used to always talk about the old ox. And he used to talk about how when you wanted to train a new young ox, you'd put an old ox and a young ox in a, in a yoke together. And, and they, the old ox would just... One foot in front of the other, keep his head down, and, and he'd just go. And what the young ox would do, because he had energy and he wanted to see what was going on and, and he wasn't used to the yoke, he'd just be looking around, he'd be trying to see where we're going, what's going on, and he'd rub his neck raw on the yoke, and that old ox would just keep going one step forward, one step forward down to plow the row. And the young ox would have to figure out, okay, if I'm going to work with this yoke, I've got to just get my head down and move one foot in front of the other. There's some revelation in that. There's some revelation in a young man who says, I don't need to understand it all. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other because I know this step is the next right step. And I'm tired of fighting the yoke. I'm tired of trying to fight every rule that I may not even understand, I'm just going to put one foot down in front of the other and let the Lord order my steps. Now, there's a difference between men and women. When you get married, you'll figure it out more. But, um, you know, I like maps. You know, when I'm going somewhere, I want to understand where I'm going. I want somebody to tell me, okay, well... Where you're going is on 70 East. You're going to travel east till you hit this highway. Then you, you go north. I'm like, okay, well, good. I've got my orientation. 
I see the big picture. I've got the map. I like maps. And guys, usually you like to be oriented with your north, south, east, west. Is that true? Well, it should be true. Practice it. Thank you, Brother JD. Now, ladies are, are weird, weird, because they will say things like, oh, yeah, you go, you take a left at the Denny's, and then you take a right at the, the weird-looking building, and then it's like, how, what am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with turn left at this landmark and turn right at that landmark? It makes no sense to me as a guy. I want the map. But God does not work with us by giving us the map. You might have a general direction, but most of the time, what God's going to tell you is, no, turn left here. No, not, not him, not her. Just wait. No, that's not the place I want you to go after Bible college. Just, just wait for me. I'll tell you when it's time to turn. And it's frustrating. It is very frustrating because it feels like a yoke and it feels like, God, where are we going? But that's the children of Israel. The cloud moves, they move. The cloud stays, they stay. We've got to learn. My dear wife, my dear wife, I want to I tell your story, but I'm going to save it. I'll tell a different story first. There was a gentleman who had a successful ministry on the missions field. He came back to the United States. He and his wife were offered a church. As I understand it, they were offered a paid-for home to be a pastor of such and such a church. And they had this opportunity. It looks like a wonderful opportunity. Go pastor. Get a house. Get a solid income. Just relax a little bit. You've been on the mission field. Or there's this other opportunity to go back on the mission field to a place that not many people would suggest going. In fact, one name that you would know told this gentleman, if you go to this place... Your ministry will die there. But Reverend Robert K. and Sister Evangeline Rodenbush went to be regional missionaries after a successful missionary career, back to a place where it seemed like it made no sense. It, it did not look comfortable, but there was peace. There was the peace of God, and that's why they went so what do, you, what do you want? What do you want? Let me, let me make it really practical here. We're coming up to the end of the semester. How many people want to be done with classes, get your finals in? Hallelujah. I, I just want to be done grading your finals. Glory. But what do you want? Because it would be really, really easy you underclassmen, you're looking at three, two, three years ahead of you. It would be really, really easy to say, God, I just want to be free from the burden of what this is. I just want to be free from the weight of IBC. 
I believe that there is not just a weight of classes and a weight of the workload and the schedule. I believe there's a spiritual weight when you're here. I believe there's an opposition in the spirit that you're fighting. You're fighting resistance from the spiritual world because the devil does not want you to find the perfect will of God. And the devil's going to do everything he can. So you're gone, you're, you're at home, and it feels so good to have mama's cooking. It feels so good, and it's easy to think, well, maybe this, this feels peaceful, this feels right. I could so easily just slip out of the, the shackles of this calling, and I could just take, I can be in ministry without IBC, or I can, I can go down this path, but here's what you need to keep in mind. Your ministry belongs to God. Your development belongs to God. I don't know why it made sense for Paul to walk into Jerusalem, put up his hands, and be arrested. I don't know why that was the plan of God, but he knew it was the plan of God for his life. I'm just kind of talking from my heart today, but when I left my job that paid probably twice as much as what IBC pays, I had people telling me, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. Why would you leave? Why? So you're going to sell your house? You're going to leave your job? Like, what is wrong with you? Well-meaning people, people who wanted what was best for me, and what I... All that I could say was, I feel compelled in the Spirit to do it. I feel compelled in the Spirit to do it. I talked to Brother Sleva. I said, Brother Sleva, here's what I'm thinking. He said, oh, what took you so long? What I'm trying to say is that people who are spiritual no, but not everybody is on your team. Not everybody understands. You've got parents. You've got family. They want you to have a good life. I get it. I want you to have a good life. But above all else, I want you to be a prisoner to the promise. I want you to be a prisoner to the promise. What, the, what God has for you, the pain, the preparation, it's not arbitrary. Do not ever think it's arbitrary. Okay, here we are. We're going into prison. How is my ministry going to thrive in the prison? It makes no sense. I don't know. But you got to obey. I don't know what God's going to do with you, but you've got to obey at the, at the very look. At the very look of God's spirit and his prompting. Yes, Lord, no contest here. That's the way you want to go? Let's go. I'm in. If you miss it, if you miss the look, maybe next is going to come the pull on the bridle, and it's painful. And if you miss the pull on the bridle, you can be free. You can wear a gorilla suit all your life if you want to. You can have a ministry in the gorilla suit. You can live ministry in the gorilla suit. Just be the, the funny guy, the goofy guy, the guy who's always free, the guy who has no consecration, no holiness, no prayer life. You can be as free as you want, but you will not be free to experience 
his spirit and anointing and leading and deep levels of effect in this, in the kingdom and in the spirit. You can be free from the pain in the short term. You can't be free from the consequences, Brother Kilman. Have you heard Brother Kilman say it like this? Freedom is not doing what you want to do. Freedom is doing what you ought to do. We ought as Pentecostals to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Now, if you've not experienced this yet, you probably will experience this at some point. You've obeyed God. You've taken the step of faith. You guys are here at IBC. I know that takes faith. And I, just from past experience, we probably have people in here who've given up scholarships. We probably have people in here who've given up great opportunities to come to a school that's, well, what are you going to do with that? Are, are they accredited? Uh, well, what, what kind of job are you going to get? You hear those questions, but some of you have given those things up to be here. You've stepped into the chains of the calling. You've stepped into the prison of the promise, but it's not always easy to finish. If you look at Acts 24, it had been a while since Paul was in chains, a prisoner of the Lord. And what he says in Acts 24 or rather what happens, he's been passed around from place to place. He's been passed around from governor to governor. And here he is under the, under the imprisonment of a man named Felix. And Felix, in Acts 24, verse 24, 25, it says in verse 24, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, Wow, this is promising. She's a Jew. Maybe I can get free at this point, Paul may be thinking. And they're talking, and, and Paul's witnessing, and Felix is trembling. And he's, he's convicted by what Paul is saying. And he answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I'll call for you. And then two years go by. And Paul's just sitting in the basement of Felix. And he's just waiting for something to happen. Now, here's the confusion. You've gone into ministry by faith. Yes. You've gone into ministry by faith. You're being led by the Spirit into your ministry, into a situation. And all of a sudden, it looks like, what's going on here? This Felix guy could have let me go. But Felix is kind of a, Seems like he's kind of a manipulator. Seems like Felix is holding the keys to my freedom over me, and he's using me as a pawn. It seems like Felix is just keeping me here, and you can get in ministry a twisted idea of what's going on. In ministry, you can get the idea that, man, Felix... If he'd just let me go, Felix, he's the problem. Man, my boss, man, my pastor, man, Brother Galleon, my ministry would take off if Brother Perry would just let me preach. 
you begin to look at the human element and say, they're the ones. Felix is holding the keys to my ministry. Felix, if only Felix would let me go. I want to tell somebody, your ministry does not belong to Felix. Your ministry does not belong to Felix. Your ministry, in a certain way, does not even belong to your ability to figure it out, to plan it out, to fight it out. Your ministry belongs to God. Can I give somebody some help here? God is responsible for your ministry. God is responsible for your calling. If you're submitted to his will, if you're obedient to the spirit, if you're just obeying the promptings, left, right, no, stay, God is responsible for fighting for your ministry. You don't have to try to fight Felix to get your ministry. You don't have to try to fight people or compete to get your ministry. All you need to do is make sure you're listening to the promptings. Yes, no, stay, wait, go. The Lord is going to give you a ministry. You, you don't chase. You don't chase what looks like success. You're on a different plane. You're called by a different purpose. You are not trying to be a minister in Felix's house. You're waiting you're a prisoner of the Lord. You never forget who holds the keys to your ministry. You never forget who holds the keys to your anointing. You never forget who holds the keys to the open door. You're not a prisoner to Felix. You are the Lord's prisoner. And you are a prisoner to the promise because the Lord will bring you to the place where it just opens up one day and we're there. Spiritual blessing, the promised land. Don't get confused in the wilderness. Well, if Moses would be a better leader, if Moses wouldn't, just follow the cloud. Just follow the cloud. That's your job. One foot in front of the other, ox. One foot in front of the other. I'm like you, and my brain likes to start working. I don't need to think all the time. Sometimes it's as simple. I know you guys are brilliant. You guys are smarter than me. But listen to me on this one point. Sometimes all you need to do, the will of God is one foot in front of the other, the yoke is there. You just keep plowing. God, I don't understand. I don't see. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you've got me here, but one foot in front of the other. I'm going to keep on moving forward. I'm going to keep on plowing where I know I need to plow. So underclassmen, and the music is welcome to come. I'm going to wrap up. So underclassmen, I know that it can be difficult to be here at IBC, but I'm just telling you, the schedule is not the chains. The, the financial burden 
those are not the chains that you need to worry about. You just keep in the promise. Stay a prisoner to the promise, and the Lord is going to help you. Maybe what you need is to get connected to an upperclassman ox to help you out. So look, how do we do this? How do we walk in the way that I'm talking about? How do we move through life in such a way that we can discern the will of God? I'm sure you ask Brother Galleon that all the time. How do we discern the will of God? How do I know what the next right step is? I'm praying, but God, I can't seem to hear it. I'm trying to figure out, but I can't seem to discern it. What do I do? This is something that Brother Sleva told me years ago, and I cannot forget it. And every chance I can, I'm going to share it. Colossians 3 and 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. What that verse is meaning is let the peace of God umpire your hearts. It means let the peace of God call the balls and the strikes in your life. Brother Sleva said, you know, the devil can manufacture a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm looking over here at the talented musicians. You guys are so talented. So many talented people here. And the the downside with talent is you have so many opportunities. It may be tough to discern what is peace. But that's what you're looking for. What is peace? Not what looks best. Not how could this advance my ministry. Not what looks like success because it has a title associated with it. That's not the criteria. What feels like peace? Because the devil can manufacture Oh, man, it's so cool. I need it right now. The devil can manufacture that, but the devil cannot manufacture peace. You need to have your eye to the peace of God. Where, where are you guiding me, God? Where's the peace? That's what you need is where's the peace? My dear wife, her senior year here at IBC, she was dating a gentleman. She thought she was going to marry this gentleman, go to be involved in music at his church. It would have been, you had planned a good life. It looked good. It looked, from, all, from the outside, it looked like success. It's what she wanted to do with her life. But as she was beginning to pray about it and ask God, well, God, what do you want for my life? She began to feel a check about what she was doing. And she began to wrestle with it and pray about it. And, and she just heard God tell her, no. No. That's not what I want for your life. So she wrestles with it. She prays about it. And eventually she makes the hard decision to throw away all of her plans and she walks out of her senior year, no boyfriend, no ministry, just going home. Just going home to be at the home church. But that's where the peace was. And from that point, 
other, other gentlemen came around and what she did was she prayed and she just felt like, nope, no peace there. No peace there. And then a tall, dark, and handsome... <laughs> wait, tall, dark, handsome... Well, a guy uh, <laughs> came and... Uh, five foot four Polish gentleman. But he, look, but here's what happened. There was peace. There was peace. What you want is a heaven-made marriage. What you want is a heaven-made ministry. Every step of the way, you want to be heaven-made. That's what you want. That's what you really want. You can have freedom in a gorilla suit for as long as you want, but when you're ready to say, God, no more contest. I'm, I'm done rubbing my neck raw on the yoke. Teach me how to follow peace. Teach me how to follow peace. It may look like a prison. It may look very ugly, but teach me how to follow peace. That's what you want in your ministry. That's what you want in your life. That's what you want in your family. I want peace. I want to be where God wants me to be. Just, you don't want me to be somewhere, God? Just give me that look. I want to obey without question immediately. Teach me what it looks like. So I ask you today, will you be a prisoner to the promise? Will you submit your life to what he wants for you no matter what the cost? I'm going to turn this over to Brother Galleon in a minute, but I just, would you just close your eyes, raise your hand. God, if there's anything if there's anything in our lives, God, that we've not submitted to you, we've not asked you about it because we don't want to hear it. We've not talked to Brother Galleon about it because we don't want to hear it. But what do you want for our ministry? What do you want for this next semester? What do you think, God, about my dating life? What do you think, God, about my plans? Come on out. Would you just lift a hand in a sign of surrender? God, I just want to make sure I'm following peace. And if I'm holding on to something that is grieving your spirit, I don't want the gorilla suit. I want your anointing. I want your will. I don't just want freedom. I want your spirit.
I know there's a response, but I think there needs to be a greater response. The Holy Ghost spoke to us. God has challenged us. Who's willing to step out of your comfort zone? Who's willing to say, God, rearrange my life? God, convict me. Let your spirit lead me and guide me. Is there somebody that's going to say, I'm seeking peace right now? Come on, find that place. Some of you need to be on your face before God and say, Lord, I give you my all. I surrender my all to you. Come on, that's it, IBC. Don't let this chapel service pass us by. Come on, right now, let's reach out like we haven't reached out before. God sent a messenger to us. That message, that message, follow peace. Come on, one step at a time. Come on, freshman. It's not time to give up. It's not time to go home. Come on, upperclassmen, don't be weary in well-doing. Come on, let's step forward to the ministry that God's called us to. In the name of Jesus. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Indiana Bible College podcast. You know, this is more 
than your obligatory outro. No, in fact, this is your opportunity. If you are still listening to this, you, as a faithful listener of the IBC podcast, get just a little insight because Connect is coming up. And as a podcast listener, I want you to have some special perks. Yes, 10% off your Connect registration when you use the code at checkout, IBC Podcast. 10% off of a preview weekend your chance to experience what Bible College is all about, visit www.indianabiblecollege.org forward slash connect for more information and to register. And when you do register, don't forget, IBC Podcast saves you 10%. As always, thanks for listening and God's blessings.